Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. This episode is sponsored by Epsilon. Today, I'm delighted to announce a unique opportunity for one lucky listener of Let's Talk Loyalty to enjoy a complimentary workshop with the loyalty experts at Epsilon. One brand every month will have the chance for a unique, independent loyalty lab, a review of your loyalty program, where Epsilon will share their expert ideas how to drive your program's performance to a whole new level. This workshop is a powerful way for you to measure and then increase the return on your investment in your loyalty program. So to apply, head over to letstalkloyalty.com forward slash epsilon and enter your details. Hello and welcome to today's episode featuring one of the UK's best known and best loved loyalty programs, the Boots Advantage program. As this iconic loyalty program approaches its 25th birthday celebrations, I'm joined by Holly McClellan, Head of Customer Marketing and Loyalty for Boots UK, to learn about some of the groundbreaking new developments they have launched recently, including their price advantage proposition, and also the role of content marketing as a new driver of loyalty. We also talk about some of the innovative new ideas that Boots is testing with UK consumers, such as some trials and testing of both gamification and subscription strategies. Ideas I'm sure will be loved by their members. Listen to this interview to learn how the Boots Advantage program is continuing to evolve and innovate for the future, with a clear focus on delighting its customers. So, Holly joining me today from Boots in the United Kingdom. Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you. I'm so pleased to be here. Looking forward to our chat. Me too, Holly. I think I said to you that Boots was up on the wish list from day one when I was kind of brainstorming who I'd want to interview. So this is a very exciting time for me. And I know you've been doing some extraordinary work, actually. It's just, what, 10 months that you joined the company now? Yeah, I joined back in August last year and it's been a bit of a roller coaster, but there has been lots of stuff actually we've launched over the last sort of 10 months. So happy to share lots of the learnings that we've had and maybe share about a little bit around what we've got coming next as well. Wonderful. Yeah. And it was because I literally saw, I suppose, the um, the changing strategy, Holly, which was so fascinating on LinkedIn. So definitely be very excited to share that with everyone listening today. But before we get into that, as you know, I have a favorite first question to ask you personally, what is your favorite loyalty program, Holly? This is a good question. I had to think about this, actually. Um, 
So my favorite Lord's program is Deliveroo Plus. So for anyone that doesn't know Deliveroo, it's a food delivery service, takeaways mm. delivered to straight to your door. And Plus is a subscription service around that. So you pay ah. uh, $7.99 a month and you get unlimited delivery on orders over £10. Wow. And I think the reason why I've chosen it as my favorite is because it actually has changed my behavior, right? So that's a really good sign of a loyalty program working. Yeah. And I think subscriptions are just super interesting in the loyalty space because yeah. you're getting someone to invest upfront in a future purchase mm. and actually having that, you know, all you can eat essentially, you know, as much <laughs> delivery as you want. Yeah. I think is a really smart way to do that. And certainly for me, it's changed my behavior. So I'm more yeah. loyal to that app than any other one. I've definitely increased my frequency of purchase. It's probably not a good thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. But but I think it's uh, it's really simple to use as well. So I think when we're looking at you know what's a good loyalty program now, it's 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 yeah. no longer just about the rewards. It's also about value for money and convenience. Is this super super simple to use? Yeah. And actually, when you've got something like a delivery plus. I can order food within a couple of clicks. I wow. can get my subscription within, you know, one or two clicks as Apple Pay. Yeah. So I think for me, all of those things are really, really important. And actually, I don't know, like I'm less interested in rewards, actually. And I think a lot of consumers are sort of moving that way as well, is that yeah. I just want the core proposition to be really good and really yeah. work. And yeah. then the rewards can sometimes be like a nice little extra, but yeah. that, the, meat, the meat of it has to be, has to be pretty good. Well, I think they're brilliant insights, Holly. Um, I agree. Absolutely. There's a level of, I don't know whether to describe it as jadedness or cynicism around loyalty sometimes, you know, particularly for programs where we don't know, you know, when and how we're going to actually benefit. Mm -hmm. um, so I definitely agree that getting the core proposition right is probably overlooked in terms of driving a feeling of loyalty. And I've often said on this show, we're not actually here to talk about programs. We are here to talk about changing behavior. So I love that you've picked up on that with Deliveroo. Um, I was thinking myself now, here in Dubai, we're probably less competitive as a market for delivery services. But I can imagine it, if there was one that I opted into, then I would absolutely do all of my, my orders, which again, are probably more than they should be. <laughs> but that's, you know, with, that's a different topic for a different day. But in terms of using a service, I would definitely, I suppose, at least you know, have the share of wallet benefit, I can imagine, for Deliveroo, which is quite extraordinary. Yeah. And then and then if you get some of these extra benefits on top, it's nice, right? Yeah. But then yeah. you've at least got that core thing that you 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 bought into and you've bought into it because you want to use it in the future. And I think if you yeah. get a customer's position where they're actually doing that, then you've really, you know, you've really won. I think yeah. it only applies to kind of a certain group of customers though. It's not for everyone. So yeah. you probably need a sort of broader uh, loyalty or value strategy around that but as if yeah. you get that certain group of customers at super high value yes getting them into a subscription is really smart and you know I have a you know an, an ulterior motive of course for asking that question and that's to line up ideas for new guests on the show so <laughs> thank you for giving me a new one that's You're absolutely welcome. wonderful <laughs> So listen, back to Boots, Holly, as we said, you're 10 months in the role. I know you had a wonderful background before in lots of different uh, types of work, including Dunhumby, some consulting work. But really, I suppose 
the reason I wanted you on the show was because Boots is iconic. It has been operating, I think you told me now, for 25 years, the Advantage program. So tell us a bit about the the history of the Advantage program, just in terms of, I suppose, its role in, you know, British consumer life, I guess. I mean, it's one of the most loved loyalty schemes in the UK. I think 70% of women in the UK have a Boots uh, Advantage card. Um, It's got, yeah, pretty, pretty big reach and it is I think why people love it is Boots the brand itself is well trusted it has kind of a, yeah. a British heart to it and I think um, also the scheme has always been positioned as a treat as well so mm. Boots itself does both pharmacy and also beauty um, kind of products and services Yeah, and actually the, the scheme's been set up as a way to collect points to treat yourself uh, yeah. often around the kind of beauty side of things yeah and I know a lot of consumers are quite protective over their points because I think there was a a point in history when they were gonna have a look at uh, making it as a household account so you share your card with your uh, partner Um, and actually a lot of consumers didn't want to do that they wanted to keep points themselves make sure they could you know treat themselves at the end of the month hilarious Um, (laughs) so it's definitely kind of one of those most well-known schemes in the country um but it's interesting though you know it's had its um, peak, I would say, in the in its current form, and okay. I think interest in the scheme um, has probably waned a little bit over the you know the last five or so years, as is true for lots yeah. of loyalty programs. I think in the UK and probably yeah. elsewhere in the world. So I think for us, it was definitely time to re-energize it, re-look at what consumers want today, because yeah. the retail market has shifted. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, we used to walk down the high street and you would have a few options. Now you can go online and you've got as many options as you want at your fingertips. So mm. earning customer loyalty through a loyalty program is slightly different now. Consumers want something a bit more immediate. Um, instant mm. gratification, instant value is much more important now than it was mm. um, all those years ago, 25 years ago when the scheme started. Yeah. Um, and also this year, we are actually celebrating the birthday. So we've got some lovely birthday celebration plans uh, for August and September. So wow. definitely watch out for those. Yes, absolutely. And I do want to touch on, I suppose, the proposition as I've experienced it. Um, and I think, you know, I've been out of Ireland, for example, for five years. Um, so probably a bit disconnected, but still is the one that is most respected, I think, in the community. So I wanted to maybe talk you through just a couple of the reasons that I think it has been so successful. And notwithstanding, of course, as you said, we always need to re-energize our program. But of course, there is the case of what is working and recognizing and retaining some of that. Uh, But just before I pick up on those points, Holly, what kind of membership numbers are we talking about in terms of the the UK for Boots Advantage at the moment, just approximately? Yeah, approximately 15 million members in the UK. Wow. Wow. Extraordinary. And I was trying to remember, I think the population there is about 60 million. So I think you're about 25%. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it's um, it's it, it's a 
privilege actually to be part of the scheme actually and sort of have this yeah. opportunity to be able to run it and sort of take it into the future. For sure, for sure. So for me, I suppose the pieces that I have noticed and I would guess I would even dare to say as a consumer, I would have picked up on these because they've been done so well. And the first piece is the generosity. So, you know, if we look at supermarket loyalty programs or airline loyalty programs, obviously the reward rates can feel quite low, but Boots has always had this 4% reward rate. So to me, that's an extraordinary indicator of the intention of the company, I suppose, to be loyal to its customers. So how is that piece, um, I suppose, doing with your members at the moment? Is that something you're going to continue going forward? I think it's an important part of the scheme to always have a points reward element to it. So I know we're going to talk about price advantage a little bit later on, but sure, um, yeah. I think it will be an important part of the future. And I think that's also because of the frequency of purchase at Boots. So we're not a grocery retailer in which a customer is going in week in, week out and can accumulate points much, much faster. Sure. Actually with Boots, our frequency of purchase across the year is a little bit lower. So to make that trip meaningful and make you want to come back, there mm. needs to be a substantial, um, you know, points that you're receiving for each of your visits. Yeah. So if I think definitely for us, it's going to be an important part of the future to maintain that. And our customers love it as well. You know, yeah. it's, it's one of the reasons why people come to Boots. Um, yeah. So it's definitely not something that we would want to take away. Oh, that's great to hear. Very pleased. <laughs> Definitely. Yes, wonderful. And the second part, again, which has always blown my mind, is the the degree to which the staff execute and remind and encourage people at the point of sale. And I have many times, you know, first of all, I've often said on this show, Holly, that I'm a very demanding customer in retail, because if anybody asks me to join the loyalty program, I usually will challenge them as to kind of why, you know, because I feel like there has to be a reason that I'm going to invest that extra time at the till. But for Boots Advantage, honestly, your staff, it's obviously part of their induction and ongoing ethics, I suppose, about running it. So I'd love just a sense of how do the staff tend to embrace the program in your experience? I mean, it's definitely a big part of the way that we set up our marketing campaigns, the way that we talk to our stores. It's part of that induction program as well. And it's, I, I feel like actually a Boots is a company where we've got a long history of uh, people being colleagues in the organization. And I think people have grown up with the scheme. So even if we bring new employees in, there's definitely those people there who understand the scheme, can kind of bring people on that journey yeah. um, and make sure that customers know about it as well. It, it's definitely one of the most important parts, actually, I think, of the loyalty program is making sure that the staff within the stores yeah. um, understand it, you know, are clear on the benefits for the customer, but yeah. also use it themselves. Yes, for sure. Brilliant. So, uh, so two extraordinary, I suppose, demonstrations of how loyalty should be done. Definitely want to acknowledge all of that. And then to move on to the, the latest things that you've launched. So we've talked about, um, you know, as we said, there's already the, the points and that's not going away. So that's unbelievable. You've also launched a beauty club, which I'm really keen to hear about. I think it's called My Beauty. So keen to hear about that proposition and also a price proposition. So I'd love you to talk us through both of those, maybe sure. if you don't mind, and I suppose the thinking behind them. 
Yeah. So, I mean, if I take my beauty first, that's, so it, my beauty is an extension of our loyalty program. So as you've talked about, we've got points that are the real core of the Advantage Card program. It's why you sign up and you also get additional offers and um, mm. benefits like that. But we also wanted to make sure that there was a content part to the program too. Okay. And my beauty was born out of the fact that there was uh, a segment of customers, so Gen X and boomers, uh, who felt like they were being underserved by the beauty market, just didn't feel represented, didn't feel like they were getting the right advice, whether that was for their skincare or for their makeup. Mm. And so we set about creating a club that was content driven, but aimed at that audience, um, looking to help with performance of you know skincare performance of uh, beauty knowing what's the best thing to buy for me right now mm. in this stage in my life with my skin yeah um, and it sits alongside actually another club that we've got called boots x which is uh almost sort of slightly different same premise so looking to drive um mm. content and help people understand how mm. to use makeup but very much following trends so okay. What's nice. the latest thing? What's the latest looks? Um, probably aimed at more of a Gen Z audience, um, but totally. open to everyone. You know, it's, it's not necessarily exclusive to that. Okay. Uh, and I think having those two programs is really interesting, having them both side by side, actually. So mm. as a consumer, you can decide, do I want to understand more about the best way to get um, the best out of my skin, the best out of my makeup routine? Or am I just interested in fashion and I just mm. want to have the latest looks and be on top of the latest trends? And I think that's really nice to give people that choice based on their needs in beauty mm. rather than it kind of being about, I don't know, age or, um, you know, it's yeah. not it's not decided for you. Yeah. And for us, those two things are really important, having those two communities, because as I mentioned previously, the frequency of purchase at Boots is slightly lower for a, for a beauty retailer, a pharmacy retailer than it would be a supermarket. So content yeah. for us is important way to bring people back into the brand mm. and continue that conversation that we have with them. Mm. Um, my beauty launched, I think it was, you know, maybe six weeks ago now sure. and we're up to um, a million members already. Wow. So it's grown. Yeah. Very, my very goodness. quickly. Yeah. Uh, and I think it just shows that there is appetite out there for this content. And I think, yeah, um, it's great that we can kind of fill that, fill that space in the market. Totally. Totally. And congratulations, Holly, a million members is unbelievable in six weeks. It's, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. It's great. Wow. Wow. And, and I think you're absolutely right. I do think there is the appetite for the content with, I suppose, the caveat from a trusted source. So Completely. I, I, I think that's where Boots is really, as you said earlier, actually, it's got the heart. It's got a British heart. It has been on the high street for, for, for you know, years and years. It's absolutely everywhere. People love the brand. So for you guys to advise us on our skincare and stuff, it's just a lovely insight. I think so. I think I think content is going to be a big part of our future as well. I just think mm. um, we have we have an app at the moment which is delivering a great so a shopping experience. So it helps you buy the products you need. Okay. But for us, that very much I think needs to change in the future to being much more of a content hub because, as you say, Boots is mm. such a trusted retailer. I think yeah. 
in beauty, but also in healthcare as well. There feels like there's a huge gap in the market at the moment in yeah. supporting the NHS and making sure that people have got the right advice. And yeah. if they can't kind of get to their GP, they should come and be able to talk to one of our pharmacists as well. So yeah. definitely in the future, I think content for us is a big pillar of loyalty. Wow. Um, whether we do it through a club or whether we do it through a personalized app experience. So mm. you will have your own version of Boots through the app. Mm. Um, that's the sort of stuff that gets me really excited about the future. I think that'll be really oh, interesting. For sure. And very innovative as well, Holly. Um, there's not many people come onto this show and have content as a pillar of loyalty. So definitely I can see the, the leading edge thinking. And sometimes it is a case of, you know, test and learn, I guess, because you don't know if a million people are going to sign up or just going to say, oh, no, I already have my my sources, my Instagram or whatever. But um, yeah, I'm sure you did lots of research. Did you before you launched the, the My Beauty? We did. Yeah, we definitely took it into testing. Well, firstly, test it, testing to understand the different segments in the market and what they needed and what they wanted. Yeah. Okay. And then when we went into kind of development of the club, yeah. we then tested that with consumers as well, just to understand, yeah. does this fit your needs? Would you be interested? And then, as you say, though, I think good to get something into market because yeah. it's all very well asking someone if they would want something. And <laughs> we all know a lot of people will probably say yes. But I think the proof's in the pudding that like you have to see, will people actually take it up and continue yeah. to engage with it over time? Yeah. Um, and it's been, a, it's been a really good experience for us. I think not just for us as Boots, but also for our um, supplier partners. Um, mm. So... Yeah. You know, number seven is obviously a big part of Boots and is owned by Boots and it's one yeah. of the brands that's a leading um, part of the communications of My Beauty, but also some of our other brands that we work with as well can sure. also get involved. So it creates a really nice platform for, for us mm. to speak to our customers, but also our suppliers as well. Wonderful. I hadn't thought about that part, but I can see absolutely the need. And I was going to ask you just to finish on the content piece. Is it uh, driven by, I suppose, your own content as Boots, creating maybe articles or videos? I'm not sure what. Is it coming from Boots or is there an element of, you know, members interacting with each other or, or not? What way is it actually working in practical terms? It's a really interesting question. It's one of the things we're thinking a lot about at the moment. So, Right now, it's a combination of us developing the content and then also us working with influencers to develop the content and bring that to consumers. Lovely. The next stage is very much about how do we get our consumers generating the content as much okay. as possible and also actually the role of our team members in stores. So mm. we have uh, team members developing content uh, and using that on social channels. But actually, we would love to sort of harness the power of, you know, the thousands of people that we've got in our stores in the UK who are, you yeah. know, being customers day in and day out and are actually kind of the people that you would trust as totally. well. Yeah. So we, we definitely want to try and harness that a bit more in the future. But yeah. it's a really interesting question because I think... yeah. You can, there's a risk, I think, that you can overinvest in developing your own content. And I yeah. think it's kind of the point you were sort of touching on there is that, yeah. you know, there are so many sources out there and you just want to make sure that you're delivering something that is unique, different, fills a consumer need yeah. um, and that they can't get anywhere else. Yeah. But but also, I think with my consumer hat on, Holly, what it does to me is it makes me feel that the brand actually does care in a way that is is way beyond transactional or, you know, all of this kind of idea. Like 
to me, some brands don't want to invest in content because they can't, you know, see a lead generation or an immediate behavior change. And, you know, and we can feel that again, as I suppose, fairly savvy consumers now, particularly as you have there in the UK, we know that people are doing certain things, sending us offers, for example, to, you know, to get us to buy stuff. And that's totally fine. But I do think when there's an investment in content, it feels much more like there's a lot of integrity, again, that the brand wants to support me and give me what I need, rather than it always being about what am I going to buy from you? Yeah, and I, I think one of, the, one of the things that we've had to do to overcome that mindset, because we, we're definitely yeah. in that transition as, as a business, is moving from the way that we talk to consumers is around promotions and is around value. And as you say, getting them to make yeah. that shop as quickly as possible. Yeah. I think the key thing for us has just been changing the the key performance indicators that we look at. So okay, it's thinking about how often does someone open the app? How often mm. does someone um, engage with the, some of the, the content that we're sending? That mm. being a measure of success and understanding actually, yeah. does that lead on to, uh, you know, a higher lifetime value of a consumer at the end of the day. I think you need some of those proof points yeah. to help the business believe in it and make yeah. that transition as well. But it's 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 challenging. I would say it's one of the one of the most difficult parts. I think of transforming a, yeah. a retail business from that week by week mindset into of a course. slightly longer term mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, lots to uh, to reflect on there, Holly. And then talk us through the price advantage proposition. So price advantage, we trialed in store last year uh, okay. and it was a really successful trial. And then we decided to launch it online and in store in April this year. Uh, wow. So it has been going for a couple of months. Um, and this week, actually, we just launched our first TV campaign Ooh. to support it as well. So wow. we're really kind of getting behind it. Um, yeah. It's currently on, I think, about 500 products across the store okay. and looking to roll that out further across the year, whether that's on more products or whether that's on different prices, different types of promotions. <sighs> Um, and it's definitely one of the one that one of those propositions that's just gone down really well with customers. Customers absolutely love it. We are seeing um, brilliant results off the back of it. So our signups to the scheme mm. have increased. We've mm. seen actually downloads of our app increasing as well. Wow. Um, and most of all, actually, it's it's helping us to drive better profitability through our promotions as well. So wow. It, um, yeah, it's been a real success and actually one one of the things we're going to keep driving forward in the next couple of years. Mm. And I didn't do any of the maths, so forgive me, Holly, but I did see, I saw the TV campaign on your LinkedIn, so that was wonderful. Great. Very exciting to have some TV support, but the discounts certainly look very generous. That would be absolutely, and, and that sounds intentional. Do you, do you have, I suppose, a, you know, um, a level or a percentage that you're aiming to give to Advantage members? or is it literally product by product? It, it is product by product. I would say there are essential lines where we're probably giving um, a smaller percentage, but a meaningful percentage. So on your things like nice. your, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, shower, you know, um, yeah. hygiene care, all of those sorts of things. Um, but then we want to give people some excitement as well. So Ooh stunt deals on some of those big beauty brands some fragrance maybe even some electrical beauty maybe in the future Ooh. just to try and drive a bit of interest and actually you know 
I guess for us, it's about giving customers a reason to come into Boots as well. So, yeah. you know, we want to give them a, an, a, a deal that they're not going to be able to get anywhere else. And actually, if we can do that through price advantage, then, mm. um, I mean, that's that's even better for us as a, as a loyalty scheme owner. Mm. Um, that's really important because, as I'm sure lots of your guests who come on here will say, data is a huge part of why we have the loyalty program. So for sure. making sure that people are swiping their cards when they come in is a really, really important to us. So having promotions behind the card. Yes helps us do that as well. Oh, I got it. Okay. So, so a, a key KPI, it sounds like then is, you know, the price is, you know, the, the non-advantage price, swipe the card and I guess it drops straight down. So God, people love that, huh? It uh, Yeah. And it's, and I think actually it's a really good marketing tool actually being able to do that on shelf. Yeah. So often you would try and like um, acquire someone to a program, whether that's doing that while they're browsing online or walking through the front of the store at the check or at the checkout, but actually having something on the shelf edge yeah. that reminds you about the loyalty program is, I think, a big kind of game changer for us in kind of getting us in the, at the forefront of customer minds. It gives you a reason right there and then to yeah. go and get your card out or sign up for a card. Yeah. And it just creates it, you know, creates a habit then as well. Every time you're shopping, you see, oh, okay, to yeah. get to this price, I need to sort of wipe <laughs> my card. Yeah. Um, and also, hopefully, people feel like because you're a member, you get an extra benefit as well. You know, totally. you're part of our club. Yeah. You, you know, if you want to be in the club, you get access to these great low prices. For sure. And I'm sure you can tell me, but I would love to know your swipe rates, huh? <laughs> I probably can't tell you no, that, unfortunately. <laughs> I have to be nosy. That's got, I always wish I could, you know, sneak in behind the scenes and see all the KPIs up on the, the presentation board for the C-suite, but um, totally understand that some things we can't talk about too publicly, but yeah, extraordinary just to see the growth and to understand that that's exactly the behavior that you're, I suppose, reporting internally to, to the C-suite. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a huge success. So definitely one that we're going to continue to roll out over the next couple of years. Wonderful. And the other big one I know that you're working on a lot, Holly, and I can't believe you're doing all of this in only 10 months so far. <laughs> but uh, you mentioned to me before we came on air that you're changing, I suppose, the way you use the data. So rather than the calendar type approach, moving much more personalized, which, you know, to me is something, again, Boots, you know, at, at your scale is probably, it's, it's quite a difficult thing to do, but I would love to understand what you're aiming to do and where you are on that journey. Yeah, and it's definitely a journey and we're, <laughs> we're kind of in the middle of it at the moment. So we invested actually in uh, a new MarTech platform. Um, it actually, the Boots did that just before I joined. And so it's been my job to help implement that and make sure okay. that we're making the most of that system. But I think the technology part helps you process the data faster and it helps you to get those consume, uh, communications to consumers at the right time mm. um, with the right message. But the most important part is the data. So mm. we obviously have a wealth of data, not just from the shopping, um, from customers shopping, but also from them browsing online, interacting mm. with our app. Yeah. Um, and even in the future, we will hopefully have um access to some of the healthcare data with our customers' permissions as well. Mm. And so the challenge that we've got as a business, is, as you say, we are a very big business that's quite diverse as well. So we mm. have um, almost three different pillars of, of 
business. So we've got a health business, a beauty business, and almost like a general merchandise business. People will come to us for Christmas gifts and yeah. all sorts of other stuff. Um, yeah. Pharmacy, um, optician, hearing care. Yeah. Sandwiches, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and so what that means is we have lots of different things that we want to talk to customers about. Yeah. And so at the moment, we are set up in a way which means that we will often talk to customers about what we want to talk about. And mm. it should be much more the other way around. It should be, yeah. what does this customer need right now? And the, the what you referenced at the start there is moving from an approach where we have these communications laid out in a calendar across the year, mm. just because that's always just been an, an, an easy and efficient way to do it because we've not had the technology in yeah. order to do that for us. So you need to sort of plan it out. Mm. But now that we do have that, we can flip that and say, well, actually, this consumer bought retinol, for example, the retinol okay. cream. Yeah. Um, and actually, I don't know if anyone knows retinol, but it sometimes has slightly adverse effects in your skin, but that's completely normal. Yeah. So actually us being a, a kind of thoughtful retailer, what we should be doing is saying a week after that consumer's bought that product, mm. letting them know okay, don't worry. These are sorts of side effects you should expect. Yeah. Um, in two weeks time, these are the differences your skin should start to see. Mm. And then actually then follow up in two weeks time and tell them, okay, how are you getting on? If yeah. you're having any trouble, come and see one of our advisors in store. And then further down the road, perhaps talk to them about, okay, well, if you enjoyed using that retinol cream, how about trying the, the night yeah. cream, the day cream, the eye cream? Yeah. So it's, it's about trying to work out what's that key piece of data that someone has given us yeah. um, to tell them about what they either want to buy next or perhaps the journey they might have fallen into given that they've just bought something. Yeah. And then our job is to then create a, uh, a customer engagement program, I guess, around that. So mm. what are the different types of communications that we will set up mm. in order to nurture them through to a purchase or just help them experience that product in a slightly better way? Yeah. And I guess the other challenge is, it's easy sometimes, I think, to think of that in a in an email form because it's yeah. quite linear. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the additional complexity that we are now adding in is how do we do that multi-channel? So wow. whether that's communicating to you when you're on the website in a certain way or through the app or using push notifications, but yeah. orchestrating all those different touch points um, so that it feels like we're talking to you in the moments where it's that communication is relevant it's right yeah um but it's a challenge there's and there's <laughs> lots to do uh, so we're very much on that journey I'm not going to say we're kind of finished yeah. on it but what I would like us to get to the position is we we have almost 80% of our communications are triggered by a piece of data wow. rather than at the moment I would say it's almost the flip which are you know 80% of our communications are triggered by yeah. a calendar or, or someone deciding it's time to send something to someone yeah, yeah, by the business, exactly. Planning out something that they can manage. Wow. Exactly. Yes. Um, yeah, no, I was reflecting as you were saying that, Holly, you know, so many of us talk about omni-channel and so many of us talk about personalization, but it's rare that you get them in the same conversation <laughs> in that, that that's, you know, all being executed across all of your channels, across your 15 million members. Um, yeah, with that degree of data-led uh, personalization, that's absolutely extraordinary. Yeah, and I think it's it's part of our, you know, a part of our plan, as I mentioned earlier, is also to bring the app into this a bit more. So we're kind of 
less trying to push our communications to consumers, but more giving them the reasons to come to us as much as possible. Nice. And then personalizing yeah. that experience when they get there. Mm. That's the other sort of, I think, key part of it. So it's doing yeah. it omni-channel, but it's also, yeah. you know, changing that relationship so it becomes less yeah. of a push and more of a pull. Love it. Love it. And just as an aside, I saw again on your LinkedIn, you've about 35 in your team, isn't it, Holly, to, to make all of this magic happen? Yeah, we do. Yeah. And we also have a partnership with uh, the, some, the farms, one of the WPP agencies as well. So they're very much part of our wider team, too. Okay. And they help develop some of our communications. So make sure I give them a shout out as well. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Yes. You got to have those partners for sure. Wonderful. So listen to me uh, coming up uh, next, I suppose. What can we expect to see, Holly, coming up in the next, I suppose, months and years ahead? So uh, as I said about the app being a real kind of central part of our plan, we are looking at how we can gamify that app experience a bit more as well. Wonderful. Okay. So whether that's um, looking at how we gamify our offers. At the moment, you can get offers through the Boots app. But how do we make that a bit more interesting? So every time you shop, perhaps there's a game that you um, engage with and then perhaps you get something different off the back of it. Okay. Or actually, how do we change some of our um, download incentives? So we have uh, 200 points if you download the app at the moment. And we've just currently been trying competitions as a different method of incentivizing people. Nice. And we are seeing, you know, incredible results from that. And what's really interesting is... Actually, as a whole, our consumers are kind of getting almost actually less because we were willing to give away 200 points to everyone. Yeah. But I think almost sometimes the excitement or the option of getting something bigger from a consumer's point of view makes it more interesting to try and actually go in for it or, you know, download the app at the end of the day. So I'd really like to try and play around with that as much as possible. You know, how do we use... Um, competition or you know the possibility of accessing something even bigger yeah um, but only with a chance and with sort of less certainty so yeah doing more of that I think would be interesting yeah um, and then I also think that we are going to continue to relook at uh, subscriptions so we oh, have cool. trialed uh, plus uh, a plus uh, advantage card plus program in the UK okay which was uh, free delivery and it was also 10% off um of everything uh, wow. and it was for 20 pounds a month and we trialed that back just when I joined so it was in sort of September okay um, and it was it was an interesting trial I think we sort of learned we learned a few things from it so Consumers could only sign up in store. Okay. They couldn't sign up online. So I think that was definitely a key learning is okay. if we need anything with a delivery proposition, it definitely needs an online sign up journey. Sure. Um, makes sense, right? You know, if you're going to be ordering online, you want to totally. buy the <laughs> sign up online. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think the other thing is just re looking at all of our giveaway and all of our you know, what do we give customers in terms of value and where would a subscription sensibly sit in that architecture? So mm. if you've got your, at the moment, we've got our four points per pound, which probably sits at the bottom of that pyramid. Mm. We've then got price advantage, which mm-hmm. means when you come in, you get an extra discount. Yeah. We don't have our digital offers in the app. Yeah. And I think sometimes um, there can always be too much you're trying to give away to consumers, whether that's yeah. Um, through an additional subscription, you know, who would that really be for? Mm. So I think the concept of a subscription is interesting. I'm not sure we got it quite right with 
you know, 10% off everything um, when you pay £20 a year. I think yeah. there might be something else that we can do there. Mm. Perhaps even looking at other other content methods as well, not just, um, you know, articles, but things like fertility trackers. I think that's a really interesting area. Sure. How can we help people with managing their health? Mm. Um, and are there subscription services that we can develop around that as well? So yeah. lots of lots of interesting kind of, yeah, I guess avenues to explore for us uh, in the next year or so. Wow, my goodness, Holly. Yeah, no, it's super exciting. Um, you know, as we said, like the the data led approach is is obviously working for you, and um, the fact that you have, I suppose, such freedom to try all of these things, whether it is subscription or gamification. I mean, I'm a little bit envious of you in your yeah. role. <laughs> If I'm, if I'm honest. Um, so the only other piece I wanted to, to briefly touch on before we finish up was actually just back to your previous role in Dunhumby. Um, and we've already talked a little bit about, you know, how the booth staff are, you know, inspired actually, it seems, by the Advantage program, recommending it to, to people. But I did see something lovely on your profile as well, back to the very start of your career, about doing some work for a global employee innovation day for about 2000 people. So I just wanted to get a sense of, you know, driving employee engagement with that kind of experience behind you. If you wouldn't mind just telling me a bit about what you did there. Of course. Yeah. Gosh, it does take me back trying to remember to those yeah. days. But um, the the point actually of that was, as you say, sort of twofold. So it was to engage the organization. So getting the, the business behind it, but then also to develop ideas. So it was a sort of cross between a, a hackathon. So okay. we took 24 hours to give everyone in the organization time to come up with an idea and okay. they had to submit it to a, a board, a, an online board, and then people could put themselves forward to join that team and become oh, wow. part of your hackathon team. Okay. Um, and we had combinations of people in Dunhumby who would be data yeah. engineers, data scientists, um, client services team members, um, you know, working within customer strategy as well. And I think that bringing together that mix of people who've got all of those different skill sets was really interesting and developed some brilliant ideas off the back of it. So wow. we we had the teams working, it was, I think, for 24 hours, um, working on those different ideas. And then at the end of that 24 hours, we would have everyone come in and pitch. Yeah. And so you would come in and pitch your idea to the rest of the organization. And then our executive team then went away and had a look at the different ideas and decided which ones they wanted to take forward. Mm. And those ideas that were taken forward were given funding and an opportunity to grow and um, also launch within market as well. Wow. So, and it, it was, and if nothing else, it was just a lot of fun. Everyone really enjoyed it. And I think people enjoy having the space to be a bit creative, yeah. enjoy kind of meeting different colleagues, working with different people and just sort of stepping out the day-to-day -day and you yeah. know, having a bit of a broader perspective on some of the challenges that at the time our partner was Tesco um, but mm. also some of our supplier partners there which would have been Procter & Gamble, Unilever, PepsiCo yeah. um, and it was just a really great a great experience and great for me to run it as well. Gosh, it taught me a lot about project management, trying to do that in, it was in the UK, but it was also multi-market as well. So trying wow. to coordinate all those different markets to do yeah. this in the same 24 hour period was a challenge. Wow. 
Yeah. Um, but Dunhumby is a brilliant organisation. I've only got brilliant things to say about it. So yeah. it has uh, a certain type of person works at Dunhumby <laughs> and they're all very good and very smart. And, oh, uh, I can imagine. Super interesting people. So yeah, yeah, yeah. really enjoyed that. Well, thank you for, for, for talking me through that, Holly. I was just reflecting recently on, I suppose, a couple of things. The whole thing about the great resignation. I think we're all being impacted in terms of finding good people and mm. keeping them. But also, I'm always just passionate about innovation. You know, you know, it's something I think we all kind of crave is to find the next big thing, to have the light bulb moment. So I saw it on your profile. I thought, ooh, that sounds like an interesting uh, project. So super exciting. Exciting. Yeah, it's one of the things that I crave as well. I think innovation in a role is just so important. And I think yeah. everyone can have creativity and innovation in their role. Yeah. It's just, I think sometimes in this new hybrid working, yeah. I don't know about you, but I think it's, it's, it's harder to do that actually because you've got less of that experience of being around people, bouncing off ideas, and it's much more of a transactional experience um, working virtually. But I hope we can make sure that we bring a bit more of that back over the next couple of years. I'm sure we will, Holly. So listen, that's all the questions I have from my side. Um, Any other points that uh, you wanted to touch on before we wrap up? Nothing else from me, but I've loved our chat. It's been really good talking to you today. Oh, likewise, Holly. I'm just such a fan of what you guys are doing. So want to say a huge thank you and congratulations for all that you've achieved so far. Holly McClellan, Head of Customer Marketing and Loyalty at Boots UK. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. This show is sponsored by The Loyalty People, a global strategic consultancy with a laser focus on loyalty, CRM and customer engagement. The loyalty people work with clients in lots of different ways, whether it's the strategic design of your loyalty program or a full service, including loyalty project execution. And they can also advise you on choosing the right technology and service partners. On their website, the loyalty people also runs a free global community for loyalty practitioners and they also publish their own loyalty expert insights. So for more information and to subscribe, check out theloyaltypeople.global. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like us to send you the latest shows each week, simply sign up for the Let's Talk Loyalty newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and we'll send our best episodes straight to your inbox. And don't forget that you can follow Let's Talk Loyalty on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And of course, we'd love for you to share your feedback and reviews. Thanks again for supporting the show.